Hi everyone and welcome to the third episode of Eco Frico. On this episode I'm delighted to introduce you to the amazing Lucy who is the owner of Hey Kiddo Co which specialises in creating jasmineite homewares in the terrazzo style. They are so beautiful you should check those out and she's one of the most inspirational people that I know in terms of making her small business more eco-friendly which is really difficult as a small business to have to make these steps and introduce them into your business plan but she has gone above and beyond to find ways to reuse her wastewater, have a closed wastewater cycle that she researched and had to make from scratch herself because there was nothing available on the market and you'll learn about how she did that on the on this episode and also I'll send you a link on how she actually did it which is fascinating and I think it's really good to have this conversation about how small businesses really do lead the way in these areas of being more eco and sustainable that the bigger companies could really take a leaf out of their book about so I'm really excited for you to listen to our conversation, which is coming up next. So hello, Lucy. Hi, Jess. Thank you for the lovely intro. Um, yeah, so <laughs> as you said, <laughs> as you said, yeah, sustainability is like a main mantra of my business um, at the moment. It's something I'm really trying to move even closer and closer towards I think I'm probably fairly carbon neutral at the minute and there's still lots to do and lots to learn um, that is why we love talking to you <laughs> and I was ve- so happy that I met you a year ago at our first makers market together in Manchester in the cold blistering October <laughs> winds I know I feel, I feel so lucky to have been next to you on that market day actually because I've done markets since and I've never quite gotten like a market day friendship like that we had (laughs) it was fate that brought us together Lucy I'm not gonna lie yeah I don't (laughs) think I have really either it's just you talk a little bit and I maybe have a few Instagram followers but I haven't really like had a full-on conversation that's been ongoing it's just because she's such a a lovely lady so (laughs) right back at you Um, so I feel like it's good to start off with, like, tell us a bit about you, your background, how long you've been doing what you do now, um, let our listeners know more about Lucy. Okay, um, well, Hey Kid Oko is like a, a sort of side business that I set up last year. Um, I started experimenting with Jasmine Eye in January 22, 2022, sorry. Um, so this is like way before the p- pandemic was even a thing. Um, and I just sort of dabbled with it on the side and then obviously during lockdown I had way loads of free time on my hands so I was playing with it even more and I was just making lots of like pots and trays and items to go around my house and I became very obsessed with the material so before you knew it I had like well as you saw at the market day I had a lot of items that I'd just been experimenting with and making so I decided to try my hand at selling them um, so that was like a year ago now. So since then, um, my, well, my business has developed a lot. Uh, I've done loads of market days. Um, my products are on sale 
um, in small independent shops across the country and in the US. I've been featured <laughs> in magazines and in blog, blog posts. So I feel like it's unbelievable that me just working in my conservatory in my home has suddenly become like, I don't know, just a, a big deal. Um, and I think a part of that is, you know, the way I like to do my designs, whether it's like the colours and shapes that I use, but also the way they're manufactured. Um, I always keep sustainability at the forefront of my business. Um, so I could talk a bit about the process that I use to make it sustainable. Um, so this can be things like um, I've built my own water filter uh, from scratch. So basically filter out any of the microplastics I was producing uh, from jasmineite. And then I reuse that water to create a completely closed loop water system. So I can reuse it for sanding, uh, cleaning my products, and then it just goes straight back into the water filter uh, and to be used again. So no microplastics are entering the environment from the products that I produce. Uh, I do other things like uh, it is a plastic, but I use plastic uh, like plasterers um, buckets in order to do all the mixtures. And I let the mixture dry on there at the end so that once it's dried, I crack it back off. And then it's basically waste free then. And I can keep reusing those buckets time and time again. You can't do that with something like a glass bucket because you have to wash it or a glass jug, should I say. You'd have to wash it straight afterwards. So this way I make sure I use all of my jasmine and no waste is actually generated when I'm producing items. Um, and there's also an abundance of other things that I do, whether it's um, the packaging that I use, um, or sometimes I'll do deliveries in person. If you're based in Liverpool, I'll just come and cycle to your house and drop your item over. Um, but there's just little small changes like that that I've introduced into my business that's made it a lot more environmentally friendly than perhaps uh, it could be if I was, for example, not filtering my water. Uh, I think that's the main thing that I do with my business that has really converted the waste that I produce. There's so many impressive things there, Lucy, like <laughs> I want to touch on. So firstly, like congratulations in how successful you are and the fact you've reached the US, that's so amazing. Like I, I, I knew you'd you. were in a lot of shops, but it's just crazy when you think about it in, in perspective of how far you've come from your conservatory, like you say, and then you've got such a big reach now. It's just amazing. And obviously, like you say, they are, it's the colorways, it's, it's something different. People, if they're willing to buy it from so far away, it's, they can't get it there. They need to come all the way to you to get that, which is amazing. And um, obviously one of the things that excited me about your sustainability journey the most was the water filter, because I remember you did an amazing video on Instagram showing how it works and stuff. So I'm gonna link that in the show notes because I think people should watch that. It's so impressive. So where, where did your inspiration from that come from? Did you watch videos or did you sort of work it out on your own? Yeah, well, um, I'll be, I guess I'll start by saying a bit more about Jesmonite because this is sort of what triggered it for me um, because it, it calls itself an eco-resin. Um, I think this sort of overlaps a little bit with like greenwashing. So to me, when I first started using Jesmonite, I was kind of thinking it was like natural products, uh, environmentally friendly, but it's, it's really not because it's a resin at the end of the day, an acrylic resin, which is a plastic. Um, so for the longest time, well, not the longest time, like the first few months of using jasmineite, I didn't realise that when I sanded back um, the material to reveal the terrazzo patterns underneath, that I was actually sanding off layers of plastic. Um, so I, I was fairly 
frustrated because I loved the material. I didn't know what to do now because it's a plastic. Um, so I did a lot of research into water filters and it's really hard to find like a homemade water filter system that isn't just like attached to your taps or inbuilt into your plumbing and something like that. So it was actually um, looking into like survivalist videos on YouTube for people who wanted to like clean their, their water when they're out in the forest and, you know, like a sort of Bear grills type thing. Um, so I took uh, the lead from those kind of videos and sort of found these um, filter candles, they're called, which filter it down to 0 0.5 mic uh, microns um, to get rid of the plastic waste from the water. Um, and then I just sort of constructed it out of old buckets that I already had, just drilled them together and attached these candles in. And I was very surprised that it actually worked. Um, the water, <laughs> if you see the water that I put in, it's pure black, it is filthy. Um, and then what comes out is just crystal clear as if it came out of my tap water. So I'm really happy with how it turned out. Uh, it was really surprising. But like I say, I think it was mostly born out of uh, not realizing that the material that I was using was made from acrylics which are plastics that's so like crazy when you think you've just seen there was a problem there and that could have been the be all end all for you because you could be like I don't want to put more plastic in the environment I just I can't work with this material but instead of compromising on something that you're really passionate about you just found a way around that and it's like it's sort of revolutionary that you've had to go out of your way to do that and that shows how much you care whereas maybe like a big business that has more money to put into it and more resources maybe wouldn't choose to do that so do you think that maybe out of other people who are also using the same materials as you would be open to using that or do use that kind of system I have had a couple of people message me since I've written like my blog post and like you said earlier the Instagram video who said that they've made their own and they do exactly the same thing and it's probably only about five or six people but even still that's five or six people that were previously pouring that water down their drain down the toilet just into their back garden whereas now they're actually filtering out those plastics so there's they are those plastics aren't going back into the environment or should I say going into the environment at all um so it's definitely had an impact and it, it might just be small and it might be a handful of people but it's still made a difference yeah that's that's exactly what we want to hear <laughs> like that you are basically a water filter influencer <laughs> which is i'll take it really like what's the word warming <laughs> yeah it, it is heartwarming um i think it's hard because obviously I'm highlighting the negative elements to this material that I love using. It's hard to talk about it online because people just, you know, they want to see these lovely, colourful products. And then I'm showing all this disgusting, filthy water and like the behind the scenes of how mm. it's made. But I do it with the intention that people should be interested in how the products are made. Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter what uh, your products is made from if it wasn't made in a sustainable way. So you mm. could have a product made from wood if you like, but it, it needs to be have still been manufactured in a way that's not negatively impacting the environment. And that's exactly what I'm trying to achieve with the products that yeah. I make. That is, that is exactly why I love supporting small businesses because you get a backstory 
you can really have that traceability of where your products come from, how much people care about it. Whereas, for example, if you buy a pair of jeans, you know there's all this water that goes into it. Like, how, like it's crazy how much they use for like a t-shirt even. But you, because it's such a vast, crazy concept, you can't even start to imagine what goes into it. And obviously the brand don't have the accountability to tell you. Whereas a small business takes that for themselves because they're so involved in the making of their product that they will inform the buyers, which I think is really nice. Like I think people yeah. have seen from my Instagram, like the days when I'm really stressed because I'm stuck in the kitchen baking all day, I've got my hair scraped back, I'm listening to some kind of pop music <laughs> but then people um, lend themselves more to you because they see you're a person behind the brand and you're really trying so yeah. do you feel like your your customers do buy into that from you that they see that you're a person and you're sustainable and they care about what they're buying yes I, I definitely think so um and I think a lot of people most of my customers are like repeat customers as well which is interesting so I think as soon as you actually get your hands on jasmine and see and feel it people just want more of it basically and I think it helps that they know they, they're familiar with me now they recognize me they you know they feel close to me because of how much I share on my, my stories and on my posts and things and um, they understand what goes into each product I make it's not just uh, factory manufactured it is all handmade um, and in really small batches as well. I think one thing you kind of just mentioned there, like jeans and T-shirts, like they can just get through swathes of fabric and clothes and churn out uh, fast fashion, basically, like that. Um, small businesses can't do that. We have to take our time with everything. We can't make these huge batches of products. So you know that when you're buying something small, that the, the sort of consumption and the energy that's gone into it is far smaller than what's gone into it by pumping out all these factory products mm -hmm. yeah and it's a lot more precious as well I mean that brings me back to one of my other questions that I to ask you was because you are putting in all that time it could and you I think sometimes being more eco can be more expensive for the for the maker do you feel like putting that cost onto your products uh, like counts against you in any way or do you feel like people are willing to pay because you've explained to them your processes and what goes into it yeah there's it's really interesting this subject and something I've looked into a lot in the past is sort of like um, the psychology of consuming things or you know making a purchase and whether that's offering discount codes for example because nobody likes to pay full price or something and I'm exactly the same this is me just commenting on other people like I always like a discount code um, or like free delivery and things like that but there's no such thing as free delivery because the price of it is just put onto the product that's how it works so the cost in your products right is really tricky because you need to take all those kind of factors into account where people you know want to pay the lowest price for something basically the value but then you the way i see it is that the people who see the value in my products will have to pay the price that it's listed as so if somebody doesn't want to pay for your item well they just they just didn't value it in the way that somebody else might have done so you just have to be don't be necessarily offended if somebody's not purchasing your item or they say it's too expensive 
Um, it just means they, they don't have a budget for it and that's fine, but it is priced that way because you know behind the scenes I'm doing all this work to reuse everything and limit the damage that I'm doing to the environment and make sure the products I produce are of high quality that you'd actually want to keep for years to come and not just like fast fashion or fast homewares you would just change out in a, a few months time or a few years time mm. I'm trying to make something that lasts and that you would keep in your house for well forever hopefully but I'm trying to make items that have value extended over a long period of time so it might seem expensive to begin with but over the years I think that will show when you see how long the products last and the quality that's behind them yeah it's an investment piece and yeah like you say it's always going to be that and the style that you use isn't really something that would age either like it's quite malleable to the whatever it's around really which is which is one good thing that's about your products and I would say as well about the pricing if someone's not willing to pay it they obviously don't value your time in the same way that you do and then they're not your customer Mm. so they're not your target audience so you don't feel too disheartened by it or you try not to anyway (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah and it's something well that's people don't see is they you know they just see a final product half the time they don't see the fact that I've spent hours um, photographing everything to put a listing up online and then writing out descriptions uh, editing my website or you know then marketing the image uh, sorry marketing the products online and things you have to factor all that into it because there's so much energy you have to put into your business Mm. and you can't undercharge yourself you can't undersell your products you have to account for the fact that you know I have to watch the post office for example even that takes me half an hour so there are loads of elements to your business that go on behind the scenes that also factor into the cost of making something yeah definitely there's so many little things where you're like oh I've forgotten this I need to pop out for that and and it just takes time and it just drags it out and it might just be like the process itself might you know how long it's going to take and it's all the things around it that add up Mm-hmm, but only you only understand that when um, you start doing it <laughs> <laughs> but um going back to what you just said um uh, just then about like, the cost of making things as a small business I think for any small businesses listening or anyone anyone um second-hand markets are like your best friend and you might not have thought to look into second-hand markets to buy stuff for your business because I think it's quite exciting to get wrapped up into the whole, oh, I need to buy this new thing for my business and I want everything to be new and lovely, whether it's just like a pen and a notebook. Um, I've felt that feeling as well. But as time's gone on, it's, you know, you can get secondhand stuff for a fraction of the price and it's still just as good, if not better. So, for example, I've got like just down here, it's like my 3D printer, which is refurbished. So if somebody's already used it and sent it back, and then they've repaired it and I bought it for half the price that it should have been. Um, I've had things like my photography light um, was sent back to the manufacturer. It's just an open box. And again, it was massively discounted just because somebody opened it and didn't want it to send it back. Well, why should that go to waste? And also I can get a massive discount off that. And then there's little, <laughs> there's little things like um, I use like a flour scoop to get the powder, the jesnite powder out of the bucket. I got that secondhand, secondhand calculator, like the littlest things for your business, you can just get secondhand because why would I buy a 
new plastic calculator when I can buy a plastic a plastic calculator from the 80s that's been here for like 40 years and it's still going strong and it cost me 199 <laughs> I like this this is these are things I I very like sucked up with the newness of it as well um because you think oh I need this for my business like, I need to make sure it works because I need, so it has to be new but sometimes things work better when they're older anyway like they're not as throw a throwaway like you say if they're like going strong after 40 years it's a well-made <laughs> It's so vintage as well. It looks amazing. Um, but yeah, there's just you can save yourself money and save the environment at the same time. So what's not to love about buying second hand? That is a good hack. I appreciate <laughs> I, And I wasn't even asking for the hack. <laughs> oh, there's plenty more where that came from, my friend. Oh, that's why we're here. But is there any businesses that influence you to go to do anything else to go further that that do things eco, even if it's like a maybe more mainstream business? I wouldn't, I don't have business names to hand, but it's definitely a lot of like fashion related topics and businesses that crop up. Um, so for example, like we all know about Boohoo and I saw it first and those kind of brands where they're in the news constantly for like the, the unethical treatment of workers and underpaying workers and then their production of um, clothing as well and how they could possibly get away with this I don't know and even with it still being in the news people are still over consuming this stuff and you know buy hauls of clothing that they don't need and it's just going to go out of style because it's just trendy and of the moment I think one thing I've definitely um, started to draw influence from is just sort of sticking with what you already have and you don't necessarily need new things all the time um, and reusing anything or repairing anything that you've got. So I've got like bags, for example, with holes that fall, you know, my stuff just falls straight through. Uh, I've got a sewing machine now so I can repair these bags. So they don't need to go in the bin or end up in a landfill. They can just keep going strong. And yeah, they might look a bit shabby because they've got some rookie stitching on there. But I think the fashion or the way the some of the fashion industries are moving uh, from the smaller brands has definitely influenced my mindset in general life, not just like the clothes that I wear. I, I never normally buy that many clothes anyway, but just when I buy things now I just always make sure it's quality item and it's not just this throwaway thing um my brother always says if you buy cheap you buy twice and I think that's very true but also you're you're saving money just to buy more things that are going to end up in a landfill again so just spend that little bit more money and buy something that's high quality that'll last you for years and we don't need to be like clogging up our earth with all this waste that we're generating yeah no I agree because I feel like I like it's easy to be such in like I need a new thing I need something trendy to wear but usually you've got something you can wear or you can restyle it or mm -hmm. like charity shops are a lot better now than they used to be to find like the one-off good outfit but I, I agree, like, buying quality is a lot better. You, I think you'll look after it better. You're like, I spent more on that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it. But to be honest, I'm not, I, I'm not harder, but I don't really throw. I have, <laughs> like, season after season that, and somehow it works. I don't know. Don't buy things that are too trendy. <laughs> yeah. 
more timeless you know <laughs> yeah well I've been looking at like a lot of youtubers who like are into like uh, telling you how to style yourself basically and I had no idea before like last year about basics in your wardrobe basically and that like you can style them with everything um so I think it's just being cleverer with the things that you buy to making sure that you can use them so like instead of just buying something that's flashy and you know it's shiny when you see it in a shop it's like oh that's exciting uh but really it's just like a throwaway gadget that like it's not going to be useful next year or it's an item of clothing that was popular for one season now it's out of style forever I think just getting smarter and thinking about before you make any purchase thinking about do I need this how long will it last me am I still going to love this in five years time it's probably a good way to think about things before you actually commit to buying something yeah we all, I think we all live a little bit more in the short term than the long term like impulsive we don't want it now we will buy it now but it is better to just think about where where will this like I have coats from years ago like I'll always like they'll always be around I like them so that's that until they break (laughs) well I I, um just did like a wardrobe clear out a few weeks ago um and sold those stuff on Depop and honestly, I've got T-shirts and shorts that are like 15 years old. And don't get me wrong, I've worn them a lot, but they're still in really good condition. And somebody else can wear, I don't wear them now, um, but somebody else can wear them and love them. Um, so yeah, if you, it sounds like you might have a few of those hiding in your cupboard somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. I've got a bag of sweets, so I just can't bother to sort through. I've done the photos, I just haven't loaded them anywhere. But um, I think it's uh, important to touch on, you mentioned a bit ago about greenwashing. So like I know a lot of these big chain brands will do maybe like a little eco range and like conscious collection. But do you think that that is a legitimate attempt to be more eco or do you feel like it is greenwashing? I definitely feel like it's greenwashing. it's hard because they're obviously doing something is better than doing nothing. But um, especially when you talk about like the conscious range um, and you actually read into what that is and it's something like this product was made from 10% recycled materials or something. I would bear, I would barely call that conscious if you ask me. Um, I think it needs to be better policed so that you can't just find about this eco-friendly um, tagline on everything just because it is made from a marginal amount of recycled materials or, or they have some sort of program where you can bring stuff back in and they'll recycle like I don't know again 20% of it or something but the rest of it you have no idea where it goes still they probably just incinerate it so I think there needs to be better legislation about how brands present themselves and using that you know whether it's like so for example like the organic label on things I think it's something like has to be 95% organic, you know, to have that label on it. Mm-hmm. Well, why isn't there something like that for using the term eco? Maybe at least it has to at least follow this set criteria in order to qualify for that badge. And it isn't like that. Anyone can see it. Anyone can say um, that it is eco-friendly. So, so for example, I can say that my products are eco-friendly, um, but they're still a plastic. And I think if I just said, I, my items are made from an eco-friendly material 
you wouldn't for the life of you assume that it was made from plastic. So I think it can be used as a way to mislead people into thinking that they're making a better purchase when really then it's, they may as well have just bought anything else. Or there's another brand out there who's more eco-friendly. So that's why I always class my products as being sustainably made because the material I use does have plastic in it. I don't want to mislead people into thinking that they're buying something that's just, you know, all natural materials. I just make sure that they're aware that the way I produce them is sustainable and the product that the material it's made from isn't, it, it is made from plastic. Yeah, it is difficult. I feel as if the responsibility is a lot on smaller businesses because we centre our meaning around that, whereas obviously big companies, big stores don't need to rely on the recycled element that they're producing because they have everything else going on. So that's like a little sideline say, oh, we are trying though. Because coming from a fashion background, I know that the recycled side is, there's so much traceability because it needs to be from how it's grown, from how it, if it is recycled, where the recycled materials came from, which if it was re, um, if the yarn was remade, which mill did that, are they, are they eco-friendly? What processes do they use? What do they do with the water? It's like got so many stages to get to before it's even a fabric to be made into a garment. And then what trims are added to it? What are they made from? So, and there's literally, there isn't any legislation, like you say, that controls that. And I think when I saw, um, so I worked with testing certificates, one of them was 50%. It just had to be 50%. That's all they asked for. Um, and I don't understand how that, like you say, doesn't translate into clothing, but it does food with organic. And there's just a lot. If they're wanting to make all these changes through COP26 and everything, there's just so much that needs to be done. And it's just ignored. And I feel as if there is this like revolution that's coming from the smaller businesses who do care and do want to put the effort in that they have to drive that up to the bigger powers, even though we are putting in the more time, more money, more resources than we maybe have to our like hand, but we're the ones being the driving force to the change. Would you yeah. think that's a fair statement? Yes, I think um, there's definitely something bubbling from, like you say, the smaller businesses that is making the larger scale businesses, you know, sort of wake up that they obviously know this is the problem and I guess it all comes down to money at the end of the day the cheapest way to make something was also the most environmentally conscious way to make something you can bet they would be doing it mm -hmm. um, but obviously it's not so money talks in this scenario but also how you spend your money talks so if you choose not to spend your money at businesses like Amazon or Boohoo or wherever it is that, that is going to raise alarm bells for them and make them change and wonder well why have they not spent their money with me why have they gone elsewhere oh they've gone to this smaller business what do they do they make they sustainably make everything they have 100% recycled material packaging um, and then small cha yeah, changes start from these small businesses basically and they trickle upwards um, in this case, I think we do have a lot of power to affect the way <laughs> big businesses um, present themselves and yeah, produce items or sell items. I think a lot of that can come from 
us en masse saying, no, this is not enough. We, you need, this is the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. People want to shop with us because we are looking after the planet. People don't want to shop with you because you don't give um, their monkeys about the planet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I hope they do listen. But I mean, if someone, for example, is listening and they're thinking about starting a business but are maybe worried about the implications with the planet, would you, is there any tips you could give them that's a really easy, straightforward way to be more eco? I know you said about um, spice hand, but do you think maybe something like to do with the packaging they could use for shipping out? Is there any tips you have on that? Yes, I would definitely recommend when you're buying your packaging boxes, make sure they're also made from 100% recycled materials. So don't buy packaging, the cardboard packaging in this scenario that isn't made from recyclables because you're just generating more cardboard, if you know what I mean. Make sure you buy something that's come from recyclables. That's the lowest impact you can have with your packaging materials. There are then other things that you can look into. So I've seen a lot of people use these sort of starch um, packing peanuts um, as an alternative to like the styrofoam ones. And these like sort of wash away uh, in the sink. You can just like pour them down the sink and it releases starch into the water. Uh, They're a good way to make your parcels more lightweight because also the weight of your parcel is going to have a carbon impact as well. So the heavier the parcel, the the more carbon generated, basically. So if you can find ways to make your packaging materials lighter, that's also uh, a good tip. Again, remembering these things are expensive. Um, and there are other things like tissue paper that you use to package things. You can get unbleached ones or you know things that are dyed basically because that's just another uh, cost. You know, making a pink or an orange or a blue tissue paper is going to be more costly to the environment than just having a plain unbleached tissue paper. But I know it doesn't look as exciting. Um, <laughs> but there are just little things like that you can think about. Um, so one of the things I switched to recently was I, I used to use string to like wrap my products around just to make them like look like nice little gifts when you open them, which obviously just made from cotton. But then I figured people were just going to throw that in the bin because you, what can you do with it, basically? I know it's made from a, a plant, but it's still people are just going to dispose of it. So I've managed to find some paper string now. So you can just throw that in your cycling bin. Obviously, the best thing to do is to reuse something, not to um, put it in the recycling bin. But if you're going to send an item to someone, just make sure all your packaging can basically just be easily disposed of by the consumer and don't make it hard for them to put something in there. And yeah, so they just lean towards putting it in the bin, make it easy for them to just recycle it. Yeah, that is a good point because people like people, consumers will just go for convenience. And if it's like if you use actual tape as well, which I am guilty of doing, I've finally found some paper tape, mm-hmm. uh, which again is another investment, but it's a worthwhile one because then whenever you're taping up can just go and recycle and no one's going to sit there and pick off every little bit of sellotape that you've used. So yeah, I do I do pick off sellotape. I mean, they're not <laughs> as good as you, are they? <laughs> so that is, that is the kind of person we need more of. Um, but yeah, that is definitely a top tip that I would... I need to be more conscious of as well. Mm. And we're all learning. We're not perfect, but we get there. But um, there's a couple of other things I just wanted to go through with you. We'll probably wrap it up for today. 
Um, one of them was something that I'm very proud of, which was influencing your decision not to eat eggs anymore, which yes. was something that I posted on my Instagram story, which I don't know if, if people know about how. So basically, as a vegan, I don't eat eggs because of eggs come from female chickens. And obviously, and the males are like surplus to this part of the industry. So the male chicks just are no longer required. They're disposed of, not very humanely at all. And it's really disturbing when you actually see it. But it just makes you think, so the egg itself, like, oh, those chickens are happy, all this. But it's actually what goes on in the background that is the reason why you turn to veganism. So that was something that influenced you when you saw my post, wasn't it, Lucy? Yeah, um, I won't describe it because like, it, it's quite graphic. Um, I think this is more something that happens in the US, but even still happening anywhere, it's still a travesty um, that we should care about whether it happens in your own country or not. I think you should really be concerned if the animals are being treated that way in another country. So I'm vegetarian, but as you just said, I no longer eat eggs after watching, uh, seeing this video that you posted online. And I've always thought, found it was strange that vegetarians ate eggs anyway, because it's nothing that's an animal. Um, but it, it didn't sit right with me. I, I never thought about it. I guess I didn't really know about it. Uh, and I just thought if I bought like free range organic eggs, then at least the chickens would have like a happy life. But if again it comes down to like how things are produced so you think you're just buying an egg right and a free-range egg that's having a lovely happy healthy chicken life when really the way the dark side in the background that you are not privy to um it supermarkets are very clever at hiding all that kind of thing from you so yeah. it's powerful that you managed to share something online and influence my diet now <laughs> i mean for me that is like a big win just for you to take like that's another one person who's not eating eggs and that means that's two of us and I don't know if anyone that you spoke to might also feel the same but it's just yeah it's really exciting to have that effect on someone but yeah but and it, also it's, there's a lot of brainwashing from supermarkets like, like happy eggs like even the egg company called the happy egg company or something and you're, mm like oh look at these free-range chickens having a great time but it's not I mean the free-range doesn't always mean they live outside either like it is a bit misleading how they speak about it but yeah I won't get into it but I'm just happy that that it worked out <laughs> and that you joined me on the egg-free life yeah and when you can easily replace it with like aquafaba then you're not really yeah. missing too much are you I mean, there's a few egg alternatives. I've not actually tried them, but I'm, I plan to. Um, so I like to um, end the show on an eco top tip. So something that you would suggest for our listeners to maybe implant into their lives in the next week that's a bit more eco than their usual routine. I would say making a simple switch, like... Uh whatever you wrap your lunch in, if it's like cling film or tin foil, go for like a reusable option instead. And you can just get like these simple cotton cloths or something that I use. I know um, for the vegans out there, you can't use the beeswax ones, but uh, any sort of wrap that you can use or reuse for your sandwiches instead of having to throw away tin foil and cling film all the time, uh, it's probably a nice switch, a nice easy switch to do to ease you into living a more eco lifestyle.
absolutely. And I think that it's also, you think, oh, well, they're quite expensive to buy up front, but then, like you say, you won't need your foil, you won't need cling film, so you're actually saving money by investing in that, which is a lot of the things that I think eco comes across as, like, you have to pay a lot of money to get it, but it's actually worth it in the long run. Theo has joined us for this recording. <laughs> I love Theo. <laughs> show no interest all day but now he wants to come say hi there we go thanks for joining us um so it's been so amazing to talk to you today lucy and i know it's been really good to catch up as well it's been so long to see your face definitely need to get together again soon but i think it's great like supporting each other you're supporting me i'm supporting you and it would be amazing if you could tell our listeners about where they can find your products which shops you're in, which about your Etsy and your Instagram handle. So let's sell us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at HeyKiddoCo. Um, and you can also find me on Etsy, and that's just HeyKiddoUK. Um, I'm sure if you look on Jess's page, uh, you'll probably find me somewhere in the comments anyway, because like she said, we both support each other a lot. Uh, which is quite an important thing for small businesses to have a lot of support out there. Um, so yeah, you can check me out on Instagram or Etsy. And I am in a few high street shops, uh, which I do have like a stockist page on my website, which is heykiddoco.co.uk. Uh, and you can see on there local high streets that I'm in. So there's some in London, Cheltenham uh, and Liverpool as well. She's so, all over the country. Amazing. I'll definitely be putting the links to those on the show notes. So anyone who wants to check those out, and I advise that you do, then because they're perfect Christmas presents. Because you do your stationery trays, which I love, your plant pots, your coasters, which is such a cute little extra gift just, just for your bedside table. And there's definitely something for everyone there, gift wise. I love it. Yeah, I have pretty much everything you just mentioned on my desk in front of me. My, my house is just covered in terrazzo everywhere. You're the biggest advocate for terrazzo. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure to speak with you, and I think we've all learned a lot today. And I definitely have things that I can look out for as well. So thank you so much for coming on, Eco Freako, guest number two. Thank you, Jess. I've had a wonderful time and I wish you all the best with this because I think you're doing a wonderful thing to make people live a more eco-friendly life. That's what we like. Thank you, Lucy. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning to this week's episode. I hope that if you are someone who has your own small business that you're inspired or if not I hope that you're inspired to shop with small businesses because I think it's really good to share share the good news of how we get on as a business with others as they can see what they can see the positives they see the highs the lows how vulnerable it can be but also it's good to be honest and I think that with a small business you really build that relationship with your customer rather than going to a big commercial store So I think especially now it's coming up to Christmas, it's really nice to shop small and make those business owners do a little happy dance because I know that I do. Um, It's just a really like wholesome thing to do around Christmas instead of just going down the easy route and going to Amazon. Find someone that's really going to appreciate that sale. Um, I think also it's good to remember that 
from Shopping Small you get the traceability, you get a backstory of how things are made and the way that Lucy describes exactly what goes into her pieces, the care and the attention she puts into those you would never find from a mainstream store. Everything made by machinery and like in mass production, you just don't get that uniqueness. So hopefully this will help you do your Christmas shopping, have a more mindful approach, find things that are more eco, more sustainable. And I think it's more appreciated too. Or even if you make your own stuff, I think it's really it's a really great incentive. Um, and it's always a lot more treasured, a bit more of a keepsake as well. So thank you so much for joining us again. And don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate if you could like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes coming up. And I hope that you enjoy your Christmas shopping. And we'll catch up soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Eco Freak On, Eco Eco Freak On, Eco Freak On, Eco Eco Freak On.